Hello everyone. As many of us are currently confined at home in many places of the world, and while we keep in our minds and in our hearts those who have no choice but to be at risk from the ongoing worldwide pandemic because they're doctors, nurses, workers, homeless, incarcerated, or in any other precarious situation, we wanted to provide you with a daily podcast to use this time to reflect and organize. The concept is very simple. Every day, we ask one person the same question. What is for you a moment of true decolonization? The answer can be a historical moment or something they witnessed, something heroic and grandiose or rather discreet and mundane, a durable blow to the structures of colonialism or a short instant of liberation. We thank you very much for listening and wish you and your loved ones the very best wherever you are. Hello everyone. Uh, today the fourth guest of the Phenobolist podcast series is uh, Omar Berada, who's a writer, a translator, a curator, and the director of Dar al Mamoun, a library and artist residency in Marrakesh. Uh, he has edited uh, several books, most recently uh, The Africans, um, a volume on migration and racial dynamics in Morocco, and has done uh, several exhibitions. Uh, and he is currently living in New York, where he teaches at Cooper Union, um, where he and Leslie Hewitt uh, co-organize the uh, Incredible Ideas lecture series. Uh, he's also someone that I'm intimidated to <laughs> to interview, despite us being good friends, because he used to have his own show on the radio. So I always feel that I'm I'm a little bit more stuttering <laughs> than he probably <laughs> ever will himself. Uh, hello, Omar. Hello, Leopold. Uh, you know, I used to have my radio show many, many, many years ago. I completely forgot how to do this. I'm sure you did not, but it's okay. <laughs> You're also a very humble person, so that's... <laughs> um, so let's get to it. What is the moment of true decolonization that you wanted to share with us? Yeah, first I'd like to thank you for asking me and for all the work you do with The Funambulist. It's, um, it's, always, um, it's always very... Um, I don't know, heartwarming and enlivening to read and listen to the things that the Finambulist does and publishes. And I was really interested in, in this question that you asked because it, it got me thinking, got me thinking about um, things I've been working on for a while, got me thinking about the world we live in. And I decided I should speak about something that's close to my heart and that's close to the work I've been doing in and on Morocco, and in particular in terms of cinema. I've been working for a few years on the archive and the work of Ahmed Bouanani, who's a Moroccan writer, filmmaker, um, historian, poet. He was kind of a, a, a jack of all trades, not necessarily because he wanted to be, but because the situation, the historical situation he found himself in, led him to do that. And what um, came back to my mind when you asked me this question about a true moment of decolonization is something that was written um, almost 40 years ago in 1980 on one of his films, one of Ahmed Bouanani's films. He actually made several um, short films and one feature film called As-Sarab, Le Mirage, The Mirage, 
It came out in 1980, um, and when it came out in theaters, there's a journalist called Abdel Qadir Shabi who wrote in an um, Arabic uh, newspaper in Morocco uh, the following. I, I'm just doing a kind of uh, improvised translation. He says, the long queues in front of the Septième Art Cinema in Rabat for the screenings of The Mirage, of Bournani, do not mean, those long queues do not mean that out of spite Moroccans are taking refuge in the darkness of the cinemas, but on the contrary, that they are running with joy towards their image, their being and their truth. And he continues and he says, for a long time Moroccans have lived separated or even uprooted from all the paths that lead to the mirror. And today, the Moroccan Film Center is waking up momentarily from its legendary um, slumber <laughs> so that they can, so that they, Moroccans, can rub shoulders with themselves for a few hours at least. Um, and I'm really interested in this idea of what is, of, of decolonization as a kind of struggle for, for self-reinvention or for, um, you know, for dispelling this kind of uh, thick cloud that stands between us and ourselves. I mean, you could define colonization. That's one of the things that colonization does. It kind of dispossesses you of your identity. It, it doesn't allow you to see yourself. And the challenge is, is how to undistort that view, right? How do you, how do you own your own image? Um, and um, I have a phone that's ringing. <laughs> Sorry. Um... And so, so can a film do that? And, and, and what conditions can a film do that? And how come this journalist thought that Le Mirage of Bornani in 1980 was doing that? And why was it necessary to still be doing that in 1980? I mean, Morocco gained independence in 1956. So what was that, 24 years earlier? Uh, so there's this notion that uh, colonization, like in gaining independence, like Morocco did in 1956, is not enough to be decolonized, right? There is something about coloniality that keeps lingering, that stays with us long after. Uh, and it stays with us especially, I mean, it stays in all sorts of neo-colonial economies of extraction and all of that, but it also stays in a kind of way of looking at ourselves that was inculcated to us or to our fathers and grandfathers. Uh, during the period, the colonial period, and that remains with us, and that we still need to work on uh, dismantling uh, all the time. So to say a word about uh, Ahmed Bouanani, he was born in 1938, meaning that when Morocco uh, gained independence in 1956, he was 18 years old. So he he was uh, brought up within a colonial system of education and everything else, but he came of age as an artist at a moment right after independence where a country, a people, was rebuilding itself in some way. And like people from, um, uh, you know, uh, his similar generation of artists and writers, they were engaged in a process that some called cultural decolonization. This is the expression used by the journal Souffle, which was a a journal that was started in 66, 10 years after independence, where a group of writers and artists led by Abdel Latif Labi were saying, okay, we have independence, we have an independent state, but obviously it's not enough. We need cultural decolonization. We need new ways of looking at ourselves. 
And it feels to me that somebody like Ahmed Buanani did it all his life in writing, in film and everything. So to just maybe be a little more specific and say a word about this film, The Mirage, that I started with, it's... So it was made in 1979-1980, but it's set in 47. It is set during the colonial period. And it tells the story of this guy who is in the countryside and who is waiting in line to get a sack of flour from the colonial authorities, you know, food. And in this sack of, of flour, he finds um, money, a lot of uh, money bills. And he, so it's like a treasure, uh, unexpected treasure. And he's wondering how to convert this currency, uh, how to be able to use it. Uh, it's French money. And so he goes to the city and tries to figure out his way around the city. Of course, it, it doesn't go well at all, this kind of search for a treasure. Uh, and the film shows this kind of... Uh, at the time when the film when the film was made, Morocco was still largely rural, but this movement of people moving to the cities in search for you know, uh, economic solutions for their lives was, was very much alive. So it's kind of takes something that is from 1980, but stages it in 1947. Uh, so it's always a comment on the now, on the colonial now, by staging it in the actual colonial of the past, in a way. And the important and the interesting part in the film is not necessarily the story itself, But it's all the details of constructing it and of filming it. It's how much the filmmaker cares for his characters, how carefully he chose them, how carefully he chose to show certain categories of Moroccan population that were not necessarily the ones you would see in the state media, for instance, at the time. Uh, how carefully he crafted the dialogue so that you can hear different ways in which Moroccan Arabic is spoken in the city, in the countryside. Uh, always showing that... You know, one thing that happens or that happened in most uh, countries that decolonized politically is that then you have an authoritarian state that takes over the narrative and constructs a kind of narrative national unity, which is very much what happened in Morocco. And what people like Bouanani and other artists were trying to do is, first of all, uh, of course, all the work that was still to be done to uh, unravel the colonial narratives that were left by the French, by the colonizers, but also to refuse the kind of forced um, unity of narrative of, uh, of, of the state. So to always foreground uh, a people in all of its diversities, in a way, to foreground all, to, to always call back to the surface marginalized stories that were marginalized by the colonizers and, and by the state. It's kind of like a, a double refusal, or, or what uh, Khatibi, another Moroccan thinker, called the double critique, which is not only a critique, it's also a double critique in order to build, to build something else. Um, so you feel, uh, and, and, that, and that building something else is not only telling another story, it's finding another way to tell a story. So for Bournani, what that meant, uh, and I didn't have much, I didn't have time to rewatch the movie before speaking to you, but I watched the opening scene. And the opening scene has this, the main character, who's a guy in the countryside, a little bit in despair. And it starts with him just uh, thinking, you know, he's saying, he's saying these words that sound like proverbs, like, like an old kind of language, like he's 
in, it's in a mode of storytelling in a way. It's in this kind of uh, a mode in which he is speaking, but you feel he's not only speaking for himself. He's not only telling his own story. He is telling the story of you know a whole group of people. There is the voice of the collective already in the voice of each individual. It's like a poetics of of the fable or the legend or the storytelling. And this is something that um, Buhanani did a lot in his work and in his films, this notion of our mode of narrating is the storytelling, is a circle of storytelling. There's somebody telling the story, there are people around them, and there's a call and response, there is um, a call to the words of the, 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 he calls them jdud, the grandparents or the ancestors. Um, so it's never kind of a story with a beginning, a middle and an end or a psychological drama or something like that. There's always a kind of, um, how would you say that, like a kind of confronting of history uh, at every moment. Nothing is insignificant. Nothing can be insignificant, right? Um, so... Um, one other thing that I can say in terms of it, it's not about only telling another story, but about the way you tell a story is, is the question of chronology, right? It's, it's a kind of, uh, it's, there's something you could call maybe vernacular time. You know, time doesn't flow in the same way in, in a, a film by Buonani as it does in a Hollywood drama, for instance. Um, and he, there's another film of his where the, that, that is trying to reconstruct a history of Morocco out of archival images. And he's not naming the years, you know, 1910, 1920. It's, it, it always says the year of the gazelle, the year of the locusts, the year of the good harvest. Uh, so a kind of, even though it is on the part of a filmmaker who has gone to film school and all of that, trying to tell the history of the country, he's trying to tell it with the voice of the people who have lived it, the marginalized voices. Uh, from whose point of view it, it has never been told, in a way, publicly, so to speak. So it's always a matter of how to redirect the gaze, how to make a frame, what is it you show, and, and, how, you, and how you show it. And I think um, a lot of it has to do with the fact that, I mean, a lot of it. Technically, some of it has to do with the fact that Ahmed Bouanani is was trained as a film editor, so the question of montage is extremely important. For instance, this movie that I'm talking about, Memoir, Memory 14, in which he's trying to retell the history of Morocco, the history pre and post-colonial, or, or pre and colonial, is he says the only images we have, the only moving images we have to tell this story are images that were shot by the French. They are images of conquest. They are images that are trying to show a country that is in chaos and that they came to pacify, right? To organize, to civilize and all of that. And so he's like, these are the only images at my disposal. So I am going to use them, but I'm going to use them against themselves. So I take them, I cut them, I take away the, the soundtrack, I make a new soundtrack and I, and I edit them, I resequence them. I create a different chronology. I, I, I narrate the history differently. I take over my own history by um, um, by resequencing the the images of the colonizers uh, so it stops being linear it stops being the story of pacifying it becomes something something else entirely so th that's one of the reasons I'm interested in 
in the in the films and the work of Ahmed Bournani in general as a kind of contribution to true decolonization um, and as kind of the the deep work that form that aesthetic form can do to reframe the way we look at history the way that if you do that deep work um, aesthetics becomes necessarily politics as well right it's not only about um, how would you say that? It's not only about taking over the means of production, right? It's not only about, okay, now we have video cameras and we can film because it's very easy to have video cameras and to film just like the colonizers used to. But it's about, it's about this challenge of producing uh, a new kind of subjectivity, a new kind, of, a new kind of gaze in a way. Great. Thank you so much, Omar. That was, that was wonderful. I think it's, I love how all those conversations little by little are forming a dialogue each in its own sort of perspective so that was that was perfect in bringing a new one in this dialogue thank you so much thank you that's all for today find us tomorrow again for a new episode as part of this daily podcast series and if you're a subscriber to The Finalist, remember that you have access to every single article we published in the past in their online version on our website. Thank you very much and take care.